believe and take heart by john lancaster spaulding read for LibriVox.org by larry wilson what can console for a dead world we tread on dust which once was life to nothingness all things are hurled what meaning in a hopeless strife time's awful storm breaks but the form whatever comes whatever goes still throbs the heart whereby we live the primal joys still lighten woes and time which steals doth also give fear not be brave god can thee save the essential truth of life remains its goodness and its beauty too pure love's unutterable gains and hope which trills us through and through god has not fled souls are not dead not in the most ancient palestine nor in the lightsome air of greece were human struggles more divine more blessed with guerdon of increase take thou thy stand in the workers band hast then no faith thine is the fault what prophets heroes sages saints have loved on thee still makes assault thee with immortal things acquaints on life then sees doubt is disease in the poem this recording is in the public domain the birth of king arthur by anonymous read for LibriVox.org by amanda chandler to horse to horse my noble lord thus spake the fair igraine ride hard ride fast all through the night nor stay nor slack the rein now why such haste to leave the court the duke of cornwall cried ah me she said king uther wills thy wife should be his bride fast fast they rode all through the night nor stayed nor slack the rein until the towers of tintagel rose shining o'er the plain but on the morrow messengers came riding from the king uther pendragon bids the duke himself and wife to bring back to fair london town unto the king this answer give nor self nor wife shall tread his halls so long as either live then swear the king a dreadful oath or ere the fortieth day he would unearth him from his lair and waste and burn and slay alack for right gainst regal might it boots but ill to tell how in a sally gainst the king the brave duke cornwall fell the towers he manned the wife he loved became king uther's prey and from her home at tintagel Igraine was born away and when her baby boy was born in cloth of gold with state twas given to a beggar man who waited at the gate but this was merlin in disguise of beggar old and gray the great enchanter merlin hight who bore the babe away unto a holy saintly man who christened him by name of arthur prince of chivalry first on the scroll of fame and good sir ector's noble wife nurtured the baby fair 
and brought him up in gentle ways, befitting England's heir. Eftsoons King Uther sickened, and fell in woeful plight. He spake to none, or great or small, by day nor eke by night. Then Merlin rose in council full, and spake both loud and high, God's will be done, but I will make him speak, or ere he die. So in hot haste, without delay, unto the king he hied, knelt down beside the royal couch. Wilt thou, O sire, he cried, that Arthur, thy own son, shall rule o'er England in thy stead? The noble vassals gathered round, listening, astonished. For not knew they of infant son, but every baron there, mighty of men and strong of arm, wended to be the heir. King Uther Pendragon turned round upon his dying bed, and to the knights assembled there, and to great Merlin said, May God Almighty bless my son, I too my blessing give. Bid him use fitting holy prayers that my poor soul may live, and claim the crown right worshipful on pain of blessing lost. With that he turned him o'er again and yielded up the ghost. They buried him with regal pomp while all his barons wept, as did Igraine, his beauteous queen, but Uther calmly slept. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. This is a poem entitled Bo Peep by Walter S. Percy. A LibriVox.org recording read by B. Vince. Everywhere I ramble in the eyes of May, through the bows and bramble, the wood nymphs play where the sunshine dapples shadows all a creep beneath the budding apples dances bo peep over where the mosses make a hoverlet which the spring embosses with a green fret from the long hibernal dreaminess of sleep wakes with dimples vernal little bo peep Violets and bluets mischievously peek. Monks like pygmy druids play at hide and seek. Over each stump a picket spies with cunning deep. And in every thicket beckons Bo Peep. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Candlemas by Alice Brown, read for LibriVox.org by Amanda Chandler. Oh, hearken, all ye little weeds that lie beneath the snow, so low, dear hearts, in poverty so low. The sun hath risen for royal deeds, a valiant wind the vanguard leads. Now quicken ye, lest unborn seeds before ye rise and blow. 
O furry living things a dream on winter's drowsy breast, how rest ye there, how softly, safely rest. Arise and follow where a gleam of wizard gold unbinds the stream, and all the woodland winding seem with sweet expectance blessed. My birds, come back, the hollow sky is weary for your note. Sweet throat, come back, O liquid, mellow throat. Ere May's soft minions hereward fly, shame on ye, laggards, to deny the brooding breast, the sunbright eye, the tawny, shining coat. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Christmas Carol by Unknown Read for LibriVox.org by Ike Scher. As Joseph was a-walkin', he heard an angel sing, This night shall be the birth-night of Christ, our heavenly King. His birth-bed shall be neither in housen nor in hall, Nor in the place of paradise, but in the oxen's stall. He neither shall be rocked in silver nor in gold, but in the wooden manger that lieth in the mould. He neither shall be washen with white wine nor with red, but with the fair spring-water that on you shall be shed. He neither shall be clothed in purple nor in pall, but in the fair white linen that usen babies all. As Joseph was a-walkin', thus did the angel sing, And Mary's son at midnight was born, to be our king. Then be you glad, good people, at this time of the year, And light you up your candles, For his star it shineth clear. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Christmas Folk Song by Lisette Woodworth Reese. Read for LibriVox.org by M. Lee. The little Jesus came to town. The wind blew up, the wind blew down. Out in the street the wind was bold. Now who would house him from the cold? Then opened wide a stable door. Fain were the rushes on the floor. The ox put forth a horned head. Come, little Lord, here make thy bed. Up rose the sheep were folded near. Thou Lamb of God, come enter here. He entered there to rush and read, who was the Lamb of God indeed. The little Jesus came to town. With ox and sheep he laid him down. Peace to the buyer, peace to the fold, for they that housed him from the cold. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. A Christmas Ghost Story by Thomas Hardy. Read for LibriVox.org by Joanna Michael Hoyt. South of the line, inland from far Durban, a mouldering soldier lies your countryman. Awry and doubled up are his grey bones, and on the breeze his puzzled phantom moans nightly to clear Canopus. 
I would know by whom and when the all-earth-gladdening law of peace brought in by that man crucified was ruled to be inept and set aside, and what of logic or of truth appears in tacking anno domini to the years. Near twenty hundred livened thus of Hyde, but tarries yet the cause for which he died. Christmas Eve, 1899 End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. A Christmas Hymn by Alfred Domit Read for LibriVox.org by Ike Scher It was the calm and silent night. Seven hundred years and fifty-three had Rome been growing up to might, and now was queen of land and sea. No sound was heard of clashing wars. Peace brooded o'er the hushed domain. Apollo, Pallas, Jove and Mars held undisturbed their ancient reign in the solemn midnight centuries ago. T'was in the calm and silent night. The senator of haughty Rome impatient urged his chariot's flight from lordly revel rolling home. Triumphal arches gleaming swell his breast with thoughts of boundless sway. What wrecked the Roman, what befell a paltry province far away in the solemn midnight centuries ago. Within that province far away went plodding home a wary boar. A streak of light before him lay, fallen through a half-shut stable door across his path. He passed, for naught told what was going on within. How keen the stars! His only thought? The air, how calm and cold and thin! in the solemn midnight centuries ago. O oh, strange indifference, low and high, drowsed over common joys and cares. The earth was still, but knew not why. The world was listening, unawares. How calm a moment may precede, one that shall thrill the world for ever. To that still moment none would heed, man's doom was linked no more to sever, in the solemn midnight centuries ago. It is the calm and solemn night. A thousand bells ring out, and throw their joyous peals abroad, and smite the darkness, charmed and holy now. The night that erst no name had worn, to it a happy name is given. For in that stable lay newborn the peaceful prince of earth and heaven in the solemn midnight centuries ago. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Colors by Stephen Vincent Benet. Read for LibriVox.org by Bruce Kachuk. For DMC The little man with the vague beard and guise Pulled at the wicket. Come inside, he said. I'll show you all we've got now. It was size you wanted. Oh, dry colors. Well, he led to a dim alley lined with musty bins And pulled one fiercely. 
violent and bold a sudden tempest of mad shrieking sins scarlet screamed out above the battered gold of tins and picture frames i held my breath he tugged another hard and sapphire skies spread in vast quietude serene as death or waves like crackled turquoise and my eyes burnt with the blinding brilliance of calm sea we're selling metal out there out cheap said he end of poem this recording is in the public domain A Cure for Love by Susanna Blamire Read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist Time once at a synod agreed To cure the abuses of love For Cupid had wrote such a creed As none of the gods could approve But first, with Prometheus leave A mortal he begged to create for as yet not a power could achieve a conquest or love and or fate as time in his travels had found the various specifics of earth experience with years rolling round had given their qualities birth this faithful associate he knew would cull every simple of use for galen had taught where they grew and what the effects they produce thus furnished from every clime his arduous work he began and still as he tried to refine exclaimed what a compound is man then flushed with apparent success he thought all the hazard was o'er and as he had made such a mess twas needless to add any more but alas though the compound was fine one simple for ever was lost twas memory that blossom of time so man remained dull as a post good from evil by chemical art an anodyne extract may prove but had time not left out this one part absence ne'er had been made to cure love end of poem this recording is in the public domain the epicure by anacreon five eighty two to four eighty five b c translated from the greek by ibrahim cowley Read for LibriVox.org The Epicure Fill the bowl with rosy wine, Around our temples roses twine, And let us cheerfully a while, Like the wine and roses, smile. Crowned with roses, we contemn Gyges' wealthy diadem. Today is ours, what do we fear? Today is ours, we have it here let's treat it kindly that it may wish at least with us to stay let's banish business banish sorrow to the gods belongs to-morrow 
underneath this myrtle shade on flower bed sublimely laid with odorous oils my head o'erflowing and around it roses growing what should i do but drink away the heat and troubles of the day in this more than kingly state love himself shall on me wait fill to me love nay fill it up and mingled cast into the cup wit and mirth and noble fires vigorous health and gay desires the wheel of life no less will stay in a smooth and rugged way since it equally doth flee let the motion pleasant be why do we precious ointments shower noble wines why do we pour beauteous flowers why do we spread upon the monuments of the dead nothing they but dust can show or bones that hasten to be so crown me with roses while i live now your wines and ointments give after death i nothing crave let me alive my pleasures have all our stoics in the grave end of poem this recording is in the public domain Exclusion by Emily Dickinson, read for LibriVox.org by Miu. The soul selects her own society, then shuts the door. On her divine majority, obtrude no more. Unmoved, she notes the chariots pausing at her low gate. Unmoved, an emperor is kneeling upon her mat. I've known her from an ample nation, choose one then close the valves of her attention like stone end of poem this recording is in the public domain fiddler jones by edgar lee masters read for LibriVox.org by tom merritt the earth keeps some vibration going there in your heart and that is you. And if the people find you can fiddle, why, fiddle you must, for all your life. What do you see? A harvest of clover? Or a meadow to walk through to the river? The winds in the corn. You rub your hands for beeves hereafter ready for market or else you hear the rustle of skirts like the girls when dancing at Little Grove. Takuni Potter, a pillar of dust or whirling leaves meant ruinous drought. They look to me like redhead Sammy stepping it off to tour allure. How could I till my forty acres not to speak of getting more? With a medley of horns, bassoons, and piccolos, stirred in my brain by crows and robins, and a creak of a windmill. Only these? And I never started to plow in my life that someone did not stop in the road and take me away to a dance or a picnic. I ended up with forty acres. I ended up with a broken fiddle. And a broken laugh, and a thousand memories, and not a single regret. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.
The Frost by Hannah Flagg Gould Read for LibriVox.org by Ike Scher. The frost looked forth one still clear night, And he said, Now I shall be out of sight. So through the valley and over the height In silence I'll take my way. I will not go like that blustering train, The wind and the snow, the hail and the rain, Who make so much bustle and noise in vain. But I'll be as busy as they. Then he went to the mountain and powdered its crest. He climbed up the trees and the boughs he dressed with diamonds and pearls, and over the breast of the quivering lake he spread a coat of mail, that it need not fear the downward point of many a spear that he hung on its margin far and near, where a rock could rear its head. He went to the windows of those who slept, and over each pane like a fairy crept. Wherever he breathed, wherever he stepped, by the light of the moon were seen most beautiful things. There were flowers and trees, there were bevies of birds and swarms of bees. There were cities, thrones, temples and towers, and these all pictured in the silver sheen. But he did one thing that was hardly fair. He peeped in the cupboard, and finding there that all had forgotten for him to prepare. Now, just to set them a-thinking, I'll bite this basket of fruit, said he. This costly pitcher I'll burst in three, and the glass of water they've left for me shall chick to tell them I'm drinking. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. God Lay Dead in Heaven by Stephen Crane Read for LibriVox.org by Piotr Natter God lay dead in heaven, angels sang the hymn of the end. Purple winds went moaning, their wings drip-dripping with blood that fell upon the earth. It groaning thing turned black and sank then from the far caverns of dead sins came monsters livid with desire they fought wrangled over the world a morsel but of all sadness that was sad a woman's arms tried to shield the head of a sleeping man from the jaws of the final beast end of poem this recording is in the public domain Goodbye and Keep Cold by Robert Frost Read for LibriVox.org by Joanna Michael Hoyt This saying goodbye on the edge of the dark and cold to an orchard so young in the bark reminds me of all that can happen to harm an orchard away at the end of the farm all winter, cut off by a hill from the house. I don't want it girdled by rabbit and mouse. I don't want it dreamily nibbled for browse by deer, and I don't want it budded by grouse. If certain it wouldn't be idle to call, I'd summon grouse, rabbit, and deer to the wall and warn them away with a stick for a gun. I don't want it stirred by the heat of the sun. We made it secure against being, I hope, by setting it out on a northerly slope. No orchard's the worse for the wintriest storm, but one thing about it, it mustn't get warm. How often already you've had to be told, keep cold, young orchard, goodbye and keep cold. Dread fifty above more than fifty below. 
I have to be gone for a season or so. My business a while is with different trees, less carefully nourished, less fruitful than these, and such as is done to their wood with an axe, maples and birches and tamaracks. I wish I could promise to lie in the night and think of an orchard's arboreal plight when slowly, and nobody comes with a light, its heart sinks lower under the sod, that something has to be left to God. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll Read for LibriVox.org by Stephanie Wilson Twas brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the momraths outgrabe. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird, and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand, long time the mangsome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree, and stood a while in thought. And, as in uffish thought he stood, the jabberwock, with eyes of flame, came whiffling through the tulgy wood, and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through, the vorpal blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head he went galumping back. And hast thou slain the jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. O frabjous day! Kaloo! Clay! He chortled in his joy. T'was brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the momraths outgrabe. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. January by Helen Hunt Jackson Read for LibriVox.org by Amanda Chandler O winter, frozen pulse and heart of fire, What loss is theirs who from thy kingdom turn dismayed, And think thy snow a sculptured urn of death? Far sooner in midsummer tire the streams than under ice, june could not hire her roses to forego the strength they learn in sleeping on thy breast no fires can burn the bridges thou dost lay where men desire in vain to build o heart when love's sun goes to northward and the sounds of singing cease keep warm by inner fires and rest in peace sleep on content as sleeps the patient rose, walk boldly on the white untrodden snows. The winter is the winter's own release. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Looking at the Moon After Rain by Lee Poe Translated by Florence Askoff and Amy Lowell. Read for LibriVox.org by Winston Tharp. The heavy clouds are broken and blowing, and once more I can see the wide common stretching beyond the four sides of the city. Open the door. 
half of the moon-toad is already up. The glimmer of it is like a smooth hoar-frost spreading over ten thousand li. The river is a flat, shining chain, the moon rising as a white eye to the hills. After it has risen, it is the bright heart of the sea. Because I love it so, round as a fan, I hum songs until the dawn. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. A Minor Poet by Stephen Vincent Benet Read for LibriVox.org by Bruce Kachuk I am a shell. From me you shall not hear the splendid tramplings of insistent drums, the orbed gold of the viol's voice that comes heavy with radiance, languorous and clear. Yet if you hold me close against the ear, a dim far whisper rises clamorously the thunderous beat and passion of the sea the slow surge of the tides that drown the mere others with subtle hands may pluck the strings making even love in music audible and earth one glory i am but a shell that moves not of itself and moving sings leaving a fragrance faint as wine new shed a tremulous murmur from great days long dead end of poem this recording is in the public domain moonlight by susanna blamire Read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist How sweet the moon now sleeps upon yon bank, cried nature's firstborn, and delighted saw her fairy elves play many a wily prank as she sailed on majestically slow. Her pale beams tremble o'er the sleeping flower, the tall trees lengthen in the sombre gloom her brighter gleams now light the leafy tower now show the gothic arches of the dome a wandering cloud will sometimes cross her way her head oft bowing lets the stranger pass while golden stars the canopy inlay and shadowy forms fly o'er the waving grass in solemn groves where silver lamps late hung the fear-struck traveller sees huge spectres rise sees grisly ghosts and stalking phantoms come as darkness draws the curtain of the skies in yonder tower the meditative mind may suit the subject to the scene around find some memento murmur in the wind or print the smallest leaf that strows the ground end of poem this recording is in the public domain
A Mountain Idol, Part One, by Heinrich Heine, read for LibriVox.org by Phil Schempf. Auf dem Berge steht die Hütte. On the mountain stands a cabin wherein lives a mountaineer. All the evergreens are rustly, and the moon turns golden here. In the cabin there's an armchair curiously carved and high. Who sits in it is lucky, and that lucky man is I. On the footstool there's a maiden, in my lap her arms repose, eyes like two blue stars that sparkle, and her mouth's a crimson rose. And those dear blue eyes grow larger while the wonder in them grows, and she lays a lily finger shyly on the crimson rose. No, the mother does not see us, for she spins and spins away, and the father plays the zither, singing some forgotten lay and the maiden whispers softly softly almost breathlessly while a host of weighty secrets gravely she confides to me but since auntie died she tells me we can never hope to go to the picnic grounds at goslar that's the loveliest place i know on the mountains here it's lonely colder far than down below and in winter we are almost lost and buried in the snow though i'm quite a girl i tremble like a child that's seized with fright at the evil mountain spirits and the things they do by night suddenly she stops as though her own words chill and terrorize and she raises both hands quickly quickly covering her eyes in the trees the rustling's louder faster still the wheel is stirred and above the tinkling zither something of the song is heard do not fear my child my darling fear no spirit's evil might overhead my child my darling angels guard thee day and night end of poem this recording is in the public domain A Mountain Idol Part Two by Heinrich Heine. Read for LibriVox.org by Phil Schempf. Tannenbaum mit grünen Fingern. Now the fir tree's long green fingers tap against the window pane, and the moon, that quiet listener, sheds a flood of golden rain. Father, mother, sleeping soundly, snore for hours without a break but we too with lively chatter keep each other wide awake that you spend much time in praying i've my doubts for always there is a sneer about your features that was never caused by prayer oh that sneer so cold and evil frightens me and terrifies but my terror seems to vanish when i see your gentle eyes and i doubt that you believe in the inspired faith of most don't you worship god the father and the son and holy ghost ah my child while still an infant while at my mother's knee i stood i believed in god the father he whose rule is great and good he who made the earth we dwell on and the people here below he who made sun moon and planets teaching them the way to go then my child as i grew older my belief had but begun 
and i mastered many new things and i worshipped god and son the beloved son who loving gave us love to bless and guide and for his reward as usual he was scorned and crucified now that i've matured and learned much read and roamed from coast to coast now my heart with deep conviction bows before the holy ghost he has worked the greatest wonders and he works them still he broke once for all the tyrant's power and he burst the bondman's yoke all the ancient scars have vanished justice takes its rightful place now all men are free and equal in a pure and noble race mists and every evil fancy that had filled each night and day cares that crowded out our gladness these have all been swept away and a thousand armored champions he has sanctified and sent to fulfill his sacred mission fired with their high intent though their splendid swords are shining and their tossing flags are bright what my child you long to look on such a proud and holy knight well my child come here and kiss me look at me and you can boast you have known just such a doughty champion of the holy ghost end of poem this recording is in the public domain a mountain idol part three by heinrich heine read for LibriVox.org by phil schempf still versteckt der mund sich drausen still the bashful moon is hiding close behind the evergreen and the lamp upon the table flickers and is scarcely seen but those two blue stars are shining o'er the heaven of her cheeks and the crimson rose is glowing and the lovely child still speaks tiny goblins imp-like fairies clean our little cupboard bare it is full of food at evening and at daylight nothing's there and the thieving little people skim our cream our very best then they leave the pans uncovered and the cat licks up the rest and that cat's a witch i know it for she slinks off every night to the old and ruined castle on the haunted mountain height once a mighty castle stood there full of armor and romance shining knights and lovely ladies laughed in many a torchlight dance then an old enchantress cursed it cursed each stone and winding stair now there's nothing left but ruins and the owls have nested there but my dear old aunt once told me if one speaks the word of might at the proper magic moment and the hour and place be right then the castle shall be lifted from the ruined stones and then all the vanished knights and ladies will arise and dance again and who speaks that word of magic knights and ladies wall and tower all are his while drums and trumpets hail his new and happy power thus the fairy legends blossom from her mouth that rose in bloom while her eyes are pouring starlight in the still and darkened room round my hands she winds her golden tresses binding me at will gives my fingers pretty nicknames kisses laughs and then grows still and the hushed room edges closer watching with a friendly light 
table chest it seems i must have seen them all before to-night amiably the old clock gossips and the zither scarcely heard plays itself with airy fingers and as in a dream i'm stirred this must be the proper hour yes the time and place are right and i think i feel it gliding from my lips that word of might do you see my child how quickly midnight trembles now and breaks brooks and pine trees murmur louder and the ancient mountain wakes clang of zither elfin voices rise from glens and fairy bowers and a wild fantastic springtime brings a forest full of flowers flowers trembling and audacious flowers strangely broad and tall fling their eager scents and colours as though passion swayed them all roses red as flame and burning from the brilliant tumult rise lilies like great crystal columns tower straight into the skies and the stars with fiery longing great as suns look down and blaze till the lilies hearts are flooded with those eager showering rays but ourselves my child are altered more than all of these and see gleaming torches silks and jewels shimmer round us radiantly you you have become a princess and this hut's a castle tall knights and ladies dance rejoicing and there's magic over all ah but i have won the castle knights and ladies wall and tower even you and drums and trumpets hail my new and happy power end of poem this recording is in the public domain the owl critic by james t fields read for LibriVox.org by tom merritt who stuffed that white owl no one spoke in the shop the barber was busy and he couldn't stop the customers waiting their turns were all reading the daily the herald the post little heeding the young man who blurted out such a blunt question not one raised a hand or even made a suggestion and the barber kept on shaving don't you see mr brown cried the youth with a frown how wrong the whole thing is how preposterous each wing is how flattened the head is how jammed down the neck is in short the whole owl what an ignorant wreck tis i make no apology i've learned owl eology I've passed days and nights in a hundred collections and cannot be blinded to any deflections arising from unskillful fingers that fail to stuff a bird right from his beak to his tail. Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, do take that bird down or you'll soon be the laughing stock all over town. And the barber kept on shaving. I've studied owls and other night fowls, and I tell you what I know to be true. An owl cannot roost with his limbs so unloosed. No owl in the world ever had his claws curled, ever had his legs slanted, ever had his bill canted, 
ever had his neck screwed into that attitude. He can't do it, because tis against all bird laws. Anatomy teaches, ornithology preaches, an owl has a toe that can't turn out so. I've made the white owl my study for years, and to see such a job almost moves me to tears. Mr. Brown, I'm amazed you should be so gone crazed as to put up a bird in that posture absurd. To look at that owl really brings on a dizziness. The men who stuffed him don't half know his business, and the barber kept on shaving. Examine those eyes. I'm filled with surprise. Taxidermists should pass off on you such poor glass. So unnatural they seem. They'd make Audubon scream and John Burroughs laugh to encounter such chaff. Do take that bird down. Have him stuffed again, Brown. And the barber kept on shaving. With some sawdust and bark, I could stuff in the dark an owl better than that. I could make an old hat look more like an owl than that horrid fowl. Stuck up there so stiff, like a side of coarse leather. In fact, about him, there's not one natural feather. Just then... With a wink and a sly normal lurch, the owl very gravely got down from his perch, walked round, and regarded his fault-finding critic, who thought he was stuffed, with a glance analytic, and then fairly hooted, as if he should say, Your learning's at fault this time, anyway. Don't waste it again on a live bird, I pray. I'm an owl. You're another. Sir Critic, good day. And the barber kept on shaving. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Rachel by Matthew Arnold. Read for LibriVox.org by Jennifer. Sprung from the blood of Israel's scattered race. At a mean inn in German are born. To forms from antique greece and rome uptorn tricked out with a parisian speech and face imparting life renewed old classic grace then soothing with thy christian strain forlorn a kempis her departing soul outworn while by her bedside hebrew rites have place ah not the radiant spirit of greece alone she had one power which made her breast its home in her like us there clashed contending powers germany france christ moses athens rome the strife the mixture in her soul are ours her genius and her glory are her own end of poem this recording is in the public domain remembrance by emily bronte read for LibriVox.org by larry wilson cold in the earth and the deep snow piled above thee far far removed cold in the dreary grave have i forgot my only love to love thee severed at last by time's all-severing wave now when alone do my thoughts no longer hover over the mountains on that northern shore resting their wings where heath and fern leaves cover thy noble heart for ever 
evermore cold in the earth and fifteen wild decembers from those brown hills have melted into spring faithful indeed is the spirit that remembers after such years of change and suffering sweet love of youth forgive if i forget thee while the world's tide is bearing me along other desires and other hopes beset me hopes which obscure but cannot do thee wrong no later light has lightened up my heaven no second morn has ever shone for me all my life's bliss from thy dear life was given all my life's bliss is in the grave with thee but when the days of golden dreams had perished and even despair was powerless to destroy then did i learn how existence could be cherished strengthened and fed without the aid of joy then did i check the tears of useless passion weaned my young soul from yearning after thine sternly denied its burning wish to hasten down to that tomb already more than mine and even yet i dare not let it languish dare not indulge in memory's rapturous pain once drinking deep of that divinest anguish how could i seek the empty world again End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. The River Village by Two Fu Translated by Florence Escoff and Amy Lowell Read for LibriVox.org by Winston Tharp The river makes a bend and encircles the village with its current all the long summer the affairs and occupations of the river village are quiet and simple the swallows who nest in the beams go and come as they please the gulls in the middle of the river enjoy one another they crowd together and touch one another my old wife paints a chessboard on paper my little sons hammer needles to make fish hooks i have many illnesses Therefore my only necessities are medicines. Besides these, what more can so humble a man as I ask? End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. The Shepherds Had an Angel by Christina Rossetti Read for LibriVox.org by M. Lee The shepherds had an angel, the wise men had a star, But what have I, a little child, to guide me home from far, Where glad stars sing together, and singing angels are? Lord Jesus is my guardian, so I can nothing lack, the lambs lie in his bosom along life's dangerous track the willful lambs that go astray he bleeding brings them back those shepherds through the lonely night sat watching by their sheep until they saw the heavenly host who neither tire nor sleep all singing glory glory in festival they keep 
Christ watches me, his little lamb, cares for me day and night, that I may be his own in heaven, so angels clad in white shall sing their glory, glory, for my sake in the height. Lord, bring me nearer day by day, till I my voice unite, and sing my glory, glory, with angels clad in white. All glory, glory given to thee through all the heavenly height. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Silence by Babette Deutsch. Read for LibriVox.org by Winston Tharp. Silence with you is like the faint, delicious smile of a child asleep in dreams unguessed. Only the hinted wonder of its dreaming, the soft, slow-breathing miracle of rest. Silence with you is like a kind departure from iron clangor and the engulfing crowd into a wide and greenly barren meadow under the bloom of some blue-bosomed cloud, or like one held upon the sands at evening when the drawn tide rolls out and the mixed light of sea and sky enshrouds the far wind-bellowed sails that move darkly on the edge of night. And the poem? This recording is in the public domain. The Sky is Low by Emily Dickinson Read for LibriVox.org by Joanna Michael Hoyt The sky is low, the clouds are mean A traveling flake of snow across a barn or through a rut debates if it will go A narrow wind complains all day how someone treated him Nature, like us, is sometimes caught without her diadem End of poem. This recording is in the public domain Song of the Sanyasin by Swami Vivekananda Read for LibriVox.org by the Banjali Wake up the note, the song that had its birth far off, where worldly taint could never reach, in mountain caves and glades of forest deep, whose calm no sigh for lust or wealth or fame could ever dare to break, where rolled the stream of knowledge, truth and bliss that follows both. Sing high that note, Sanyasin bold, Say Om Tat Sat Om. Strike off thy fetters, bonds that bind thee down of shining gold, or darker, baser ore. Love, hate, good, bad, and all the dual throng. No, slave is slave, caressed or whipped, not free. For fetters, though of gold, are not less strong to bind. Then off with them, sannyasin bold, say Om Tat Sat Om. Let darkness go. The will-o'-the-wisp that leads with blinking light To pile more gloom on gloom. This thirst for life forever quench. It drags from birth to death, And death to birth the soul. He conquers all who conquers self. Know this and never yield, sannyasin bold. Say Om Tat Sat Om. Who sows must reap, they say, And cause must bring the sure effect. 
good, good, bad, bad, and none escape the law. But whoso wears a form must wear the chain. Too true, but far beyond both name and form is Atma, ever free. Know thou art that, Sanyasin bold. Say Om Tatsat Om. They know not truth, who dream such vacant dreams, as father, mother, children, wife and friend, the sexless self, whose father he, whose child, whose friend, whose foe is he, who is but one, and self is all in all, none else exists, and thou art that, Sanyasin bold, say Om Tatsat Om. There is but one, the free, the knower, self, without a name, without a form or stain. In him is Maya, dreaming all his dream. The witness, he appears as nature, soul. Know thou art that, Sanyasin bold, say Om Tatsat Om. Where seekest thou that freedom, friend, this world nor that can give? In books and temples vain thy search. Thine only is the hand that holds the rope that drags thee on. Then cease lament, let go thy hold, Sanyasin bold. Say Om Tatsat Om. Say peace to all, from me no danger be to aught that lives. In those that dwell on high, in those that lowly creep, I am the self in all. All life both here and there do I renounce. All heavens and earths and hells, all hopes and fears. Thus cut thy bonds, Sanyasin bold. Say Om Tatsat Om. Heed then no more how body lives or goes. Its task is done. Let karma float it down. Let one put garlands on. Another kick this frame. Say not. No praise or blame can be where praiser praised and blamer blamed are one. Thus be thou calm, Sanyasin bold. Say Om Tatsat Om. Truth never comes where lust and fame and greed of gain reside. No man who thinks of woman as his wife can ever perfect be, nor he who owns the least of things, nor he whom anger chains can ever pass through Maya's gates. So give these up, Sanyasin bold, say Om Tatsat Om. Have thou no home? What home can hold thee, friend? The sky thy roof, the grass thy bed. And food, what chance may bring, well cooked or ill, judge not. No food or drink can taint that noble self, which knows itself. Like rolling river free thou ever be, Sanyasin bold, say Om Tatsat Om. Few only know the truth, the rest will hate and laugh at thee, great one. But pay no heed, go thou, the free, from place to place, and help them out of darkness, Maya's veil, without the fear of pain or search for pleasure, go beyond them both, Sanyasin bold. Say Om Tatsat Om. Thus day by day, till karma's powers spent release the soul forever. No more is birth, nor I, nor thou, nor God, nor man. The I has all become, the all is I and bliss. Know thou art that, Sanyasin bold. Say Om Tatsat Om. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.
song of a shepherd boy at bethlehem by josephine preston peabody read for LibriVox.org by m lee sleep thou little child of mary rest thee now though these hands be rough from shearing and the plough yet they shall not ever fail thee when the waiting nations hail thee bringing palms unto their king now i sing sleep thou little child of mary hope divine if thou wilt but smile upon me i will twine blossoms for thy garlanding thou art so little to be king god's desire not a briar shall be left to grieve thy brow rest thee now sleep thou little child of mary some fair day wilt thou as thou wert a brother come away over hills and over hollow all the lambs will up and follow follow but for love of thee lovest thou me sleep thou little child of mary rest thee now i that watch am come from sheepstead and from plough thou wilt have disdain of me when thou art lifted royally very high for all to see smilest thou and of poem this recording is in the public domain to a child falling asleep by robert eldon sanborn read for LibriVox.org by joanna schreck over the dim edge of sleep i lean and in her eyes illimitable gray distances look down into the shadow-tinted space the cloudy air of sleep to see the rose-lit petal of a child's fair soul seek dreamily the farther gloom where waking eyes may follow her no more one more last time her lids are lifted and in her look i read a wistful fare thee well her spirit waves a twinkling white hand her bark is out upon the sea of dream the calm gray sea full and immovably established that drinks the river of my love without o'erflowing nor ever gives my image back to me when o'er the sun-swept land murmuring twilight spread her dusky tent a stranger passed before our friendly sun between the dark and dawn a stranger whom we love but never see and as she came and cast her blue benignant shadow over all she set a silver trumpet to her lips and blew a note that thrilled in children's hearts because in little hearts the echo fairies love to play roaming the scented meadows there where love has been and sown the amaranthine flowers out of whose pristine cups were born the singing stars and as the first free rainbow bubble sailed launched by the stranger with the silver pipe upon the listening air as first the hollow note kissed the sweet lips and died of happiness the little child unfurled her sails i stood there on the very verge of sleep and called to her and love's own self had deigned to wait within my heart because i kept it always fit for childish guests 
and would have given welcome had she stayed. But then I saw the eyelids close, and knew that Azrael, who championed her soul, had shut the gates lest I should see more than my life could bear. Yet I had seen her go, and sight no more could hold of beauty's wine. I had seen the fair face flush, as the soft curtains of the tinted west are drawn before the temple of the night. When the day-worn sun had passed within, had seen the little body, whitely gowned, folded within its nest, had caught the last light kiss before the lips lay still. And I had looked into the cool gray deep where sleep received the rose-leaf soul of her and bore it out upon her gentle waters. Into the night I passed, where on the mellow bosom of the west floated the flame-lit shell of Hesperus. And as I stayed with hallowed breath, the soul of fire fell over the rim of night, and then I knew the soul of her I loved had heard the last clear call, the low Elysian chant of Hesperus, and loving me had borne the love I gave, out and beyond and over the ends of earth, and where the altar flame of Venus burned, had laid the gift and breathed her childhood's prayer. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Verse 48 from Gitanjali by Rabindranath Tagore. Read for LibriVox.org by Tabanjali. The morning sea of silence broke into ripples of bird songs, and the flowers were all merry by the roadside, and the wealth of gold was scattered through the rift of the clouds, while we busily went on our way and paid no heed. We sang no glad songs nor played. We went not to the village for barter. We spoke not a word nor smiled. We lingered not on the way. We quickened our pace more and more as the time sped by. The sun rose to the mid-sky and doves cooed in the shade. Withered leaves danced and whirled in the hot air of noon. The shepherd boy drowsed and dreamed in the shadow of the banyan tree. And I laid myself down by the water and stretched my tired limbs on the grass. My companions laughed at me in scorn. They held their heads high and hurried on. They never looked back nor rested. They vanished in the distant blue haze. They crossed many meadows and hills and passed through strange, faraway countries. All honour to you, heroic host of the interminable path. Mockery and reproach pricked me to rise, but found no response in me. I gave myself up for lost in the depth of a glad humiliation, in the shadow of a dim delight. The repose of the sun-embroidered green gloom slowly spread over my heart. I forgot for what I had travelled, and I surrendered my mind without struggle to the maze of shadows and songs. At last, when I woke from my slumber and opened my eyes, I saw thee standing by me, flooding my sleep with thy smile. How I had feared that the path was long and wearisome, and the struggle to reach thee was hard. End of verse 48 from Gitanjali. This recording is in the public domain. When the Sun Beams of Joy by Susanna Blamire Read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist
when the sunbeams of joy gild the morn of our days and the soft heart is warmed both with hope and with praise new pleasures new prospects still burst on the view and the phantom of bliss in our walks we pursue what though tangled in brakes or withheld by the thorn such sorrows of youth are but pearls of the morn as they gem the light leaf in the fervour of day the warmth of the season dissolves them away in the noontide of life though not robbed of their fire the warm wishes abate and the spirits retire thus pictures less glowing give equal delight when reason just tints them with shades of the night reflection's slow shadow steals down the gay hill though as yet you may shun the soft shade as you will and on hope fix your eye till the brightness so clear shall hang on its lid a dim trembling tear next the shades of mild evening close gently around and lengthened reflection must stalk o'er the ground through her lantern of magic past pleasures are seen and we then only know what our daydreams have been on the painted illusion we gaze while we can though we often exclaim what a bauble is man in youth but a gewgaw in age but a toy the same empty trifle as man and as boy End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Winged Man by Stephen Vincent Benet Read for LibriVox.org by Bruce Kachuk The moon, a sweeping scimitar, dipped in the stormy straits. The dawn, a crimson cataract, burst through the eastern gates the cliffs were robed in scarlet the sands were cinnabar where first two men spread wings for flight and dared the hawk afar there stands the cunning workman the crafty past all praise the man who chained the minotaur the man who built the maze his young son is beside him and the boy's face is a light a light of dawn and wonder and of valor infinite their great vans beat the cloven air like eagles they mount up motes in the wine of morning specks in a crystal cup and lest his wings should melt apace old daedalus flies low but icarus beats up beats up he goes where lightnings go he cares no more for warnings he rushes through the sky braving the crags of ether daring the gods on high black gainst the crimson sunset golden or cloudy snows with all adventure in his heart the first-winged man arose dropping gold 
dropping gold where the mists of morning rolled on he kept his way undaunted though his breaths were stabs of cold through the mystery of dawning that no mortal may behold now he shouts now he sings in the rapture of his wings and his great heart burns intenser with the strength of his desire as he circles like a swallow wheeling flaming gyre on gyre gazing straight at the sun half his pilgrimage is done and he staggers for a moment hurries on reels backward swerves in a rain of scattered feathers as he falls in broken curves icarus icarus though the end is piteous yet forever yea forever we shall see thee rising thus see the first supernal glory not the ruin hideous you were man you who ran farther than our eyes can scan man absurd gigantic eager for impossible romance overthrowing all hell's legions with one warped and broken lance on the highest steeps of space he will have his dwelling place in those far terrific regions where the cold comes down like death gleams the red glint of his pinions smokes the vapor of his breath floating downward very clear still the echoes reach the ear of a little tune he whistles and a little song he sings mounting mounting still triumphant on his torn and broken wings end of poem this recording is in the public domain yuletide by alice furlong read for LibriVox.org by larry wilson in a stable bare lo the great ones are strew the ivy and the myrtle round the virgin's kirtle as the oxen mild breathe soft upon the child blow the scent of bygone summer on your breath to the newcomer be ye well content to be straightly pent backwards in the rocky chamber from the angel's wings of amber wrap the seraph sit with godly faces lit in a radiance as shining solely from the christ child meek and holy high they chant and clear of the lovely cheer ring down the new evangels of the mystic midnight angels faring with good will from the misty hill every shepherd sacrificeth to the prophet that ariseth joseph mary's spouse prince of david's house bendeth low in adorations to the ruler of the nations who doth sweetly rest on his mother's breast lord of the lightnings and the thunders mary's heart keeps all these wonders end of poem this recording is in the public domain